So we're starting chapter 24, right? And in this chapter, a number of things are going to happen. Because um, Kardama had just prepared to leave home. And Devahuti said, well, you know, one minute. Uh, we need, uh, you know, you promised me uh, I need to be fear fearless. And uh, then the prophecy was explained that um, this Supreme Personality of God is the incarnation of Lord Kapila Dev, and so uh, would appear. And so Kardama, in the beginning of the chapter, pacifies Devahuti by saying that um, that that will happen. Um, and then Lord Kapila Dev does indeed appear, and uh, at this time, from also the um, nine daughters all get married to the nine sages, right? That happens. Kardama Muni offers prayers to, uh, to Kapila Dev uh, for a large, for about 10 verses, nine verses. And Kapila Dev replies to, um, to Kardama, because Kardama, is, uh, he, has a, he has a very interesting question, doesn't he? You know, he says that I want to uh, take sannyas, even though the Supreme Personality of God is in my family. So it's like, huh? What? Really? Come on. Why would you want to do that? Right? So that's explained. And then ultimately, Kardama's Muni's uh, renunciation is at the end of the chapter. So it's quite an exciting chapter. And let us begin. So the title of the chapter is entitled The Renunciation of Kardama Muni. Recalling the words of Lord Vishnu, the merciful sage Kardama replied as follows to Swayambhuva Manu's praiseworthy daughter, Devahuti, who is speaking words full of renunciation. Remember she said at the end of the last chapter that we had all this enjoyment, we were in the aerial mansion. I should have been inquiring from you from the beginning about self-realization. The sage said, do not be disappointed with yourself, O princess. You are actually praiseworthy. The infallible supreme personality of Godhead will shortly enter your womb as your son. So there's a nice, this is a nice, do not be disappointed with yourself. Do we ever get disappointed with ourselves? So there's a healthy way to do that and a not so healthy way to do that. Right? If it, le if it's, if, if it doesn't drag on and if it leads to self-improvement, that's one thing. If it's the kind of thing that we just beat ourselves up and get, because it, it can get almost quite tamasic, quite... Um, uh, kind of influenced by the mode of ignorance. If we're just, oh, I'm so this, I'm so that, I'm so... Right? Um, so here, he's saying, don't, you know, please, don't, uh, do not be disappointed with yourself. And even, even if we think, oh, I've wasted so much time. Right? I, I mentioned that last week, that, uh, that guy, Michael Cassidy, the musician, famous in the 70s, his last words were to his son, oh, I wasted so much time, right? So, of course, we, we, hopefully we say that before our deathbed. <laughs> but even if we've done so many things, you can't take it back. What's done is done. Forget the past that sleeps, nor in the future dream at all, but be in times that are with thee, and fortune ye shall call, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says. So... We can feel bad, you know, as, as many of the previous acharyas, especially Nar Narottam Das Thakur, uh, in, his, uh, in his Partana Prayers, that's the name of the book, Partana, um, um, 
talks about it, laments like this. But then, okay, so we can say, gosh, I wasted so much time. All right, now what am I going to do about it? And so we should do something about it and not just, not just lament. You have undertaken sacred vows. God will bless you. Hence, you should worship the Lord with great faith through, excuse me, through sensory control, religious observances, austerities, and gifts of your money in charity. So Kardama is telling Devahuti to give charity. You would think that he didn't leave her a lot of money. <laughs> well, of course, he could create mansions. So I guess, you know, would, yeah. Because his hermitage wasn't rich. This personality of God being worshipped by you will spread my name and fame. He will vanquish the knot of your heart by becoming your son and teaching knowledge of Brahman. And uh, this verse, the purport says, uh, it is explained here, this is about three sentences down, four sentences. It is explained here that spiritual knowledge vanquishes the knot of the heart. Matter and spirit are knotted by false ego. Right? We understand that? That the most subtle element is false ego? This identification of oneself with matter, which is called hridaya granti, exists for all conditioned souls. And it becomes more and more tightened when there is too much affection for sex life. The explanation was given by Lord Rishabh that, uh, to his sons that this material world is an atmosphere of attraction between male and female. That attraction takes the shape of a knot in the heart. And by material affection, it becomes still more tight. For people who hanker after material possessions, society, friendship, and love, this knot of affection becomes very strong. It is only by Brahma Bhavana, the instruction by which spiritual knowledge is enhanced, that the knot in the heart is cut to pieces. No material weapon is needed to cut this knot, but it requires bona fide spiritual instruction. Kardama Muni instructed his wife, Devahuti, that the Lord would appear as her son and disseminate spiritual knowledge to cut the knot of material identification. So he's, uh, Prabhupada here is referring to the teachings of Lord Vishabhadev. Um, and specifically, um, oh gosh, I don't have it, but I think it's like verse 559, five, approximately, in the fifth canto. Chapter 5, verse number 9, approximately. So I'll read the, um, it's, go, it's, it's a famous verse. It goes, Pungsastriya mitunni bhava metam tayora ho hridaya granti mahu aho grihakshakta sutapta vitaya janasya moho yamahamma meti. And it says, the attraction between male and female is a basic principle of material existence. On the basis of this misconception, which ties together the hearts of the male and female, one becomes attracted to his body, home, pro property, children, relatives, and wealth. In this way, one increases life's illusions and thinks in terms of I and mine. Uh, aham means I, and mameti means mine. And uh, actually, George Harrison wrote a song, All Through the Day, I Me Mine, I Me Mine, I Me Mine. <laughs> right? Famous. It's based on this verse. Um, and it's not just, you know, um, the, the 
the attraction between the two uh, genders, it's, it's the whole package, right? Because in one sense, we are souls. We're not this body. And we could um, live very easily just having something, some chapa a few chapatis and some sabji, or you know, some vegetables, and in some kind of shelter over our head, and some cloth, right? Uh, we could live simply like that. And a matter of fact, you know, for some of us, we lived the life like that for a while. I lived that for about 12 years as a brahmachari. Um, uh, but when, 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 when there's marriage, and then there's children, and then there's education, and, and then there's social status, and then there's, oh, what do they call them in India? Kitty parties? Right? <laughs> right? You've heard of that? No? You've heard. You've heard, right? Kitty parties? Yeah? No? Well, it's, a, it's a big thing, like in, uh, in Delhi at the uh, restaurant, they always have kitty parties. K-I-T-T-Y. Uh, it's ladies coming together and, you know, uh, having parties. Uh, anyway, all of those things. And then it requires a bank balance and property. And then if your parents pass away, and then they're like, you know, the, the, in, the, especially in India, the court system is just packed with partition uh, court cases. In other words, how to divide the property, especially the land. Just packed, just mil literally millions and millions and millions and millions. Because there's 2.5 crore cases in arrears at any time in India. That's 25 million, right? Yeah. 2.5 crores. Yeah. And so a good chunk of that is. So all of these things, right? Now, they may not, we're not saying that, that they can necessarily be avoided. Most people will, will get married. But uh, from, this, from the viewpoint of eternity and from the viewpoint that we're the soul, we're not this body, it can be very entangling. And that's... Uh, that's, and that's why this hridaya granti, hridaya means heart, and granti means not. And it just kind of, like, you know, you could just imagine yourself, you're, you have a you know, chain around your neck, and, and you're chained down by mortgages, and uh, student loans, or, or debts, right? right? Or going to work and not liking your boss, and all these things are just like, tying us down. Mm. So, um, at least at some point in our life, we, we should work towards loosening that knot. And the, the amazing thing is that Krishna consciousness is so strong. No other spiritual practice, the other, the, becoming a jnani or a yogi, you have to go, there's no question of marriage or anything. You go off into the forest, you meditate, you attain mystic powers and things like that. But a devotee can be married, can have a job, can have you know, car payments and a house and all that sort of stuff, and still um, be focused on Krishna, be dependent on Krishna. It may not be easy, but, it, but it's actually very difficult for us, but Krishna can lighten our load and make it easy. So that's... It's, it's good. There's so many ways to appreciate bhakti, but that's one of the ways we can appreciate it, is that it's so powerful. And, you know, the, in, a, in a perverted way, the non-devotees know this, you know, love makes the world go round and all the different things. But bhakti is the way that, you know, um, you get to Krishna's heart. Well, actually, there's some purports about that here also. Hmm. So... Uh, 
this knot is very difficult, this is from the purport in fifth canto, this knot is very difficult to undo. In any case, the man always thinks of the woman and the woman always thinks of the man. Thus, a person becomes materially attached to family, property, and children, although all these are temporary. The possessor unfortunately identifies with his property and wealth. And it says, sometimes, even after renunciation, one becomes attached to a temple or to the few things that constitute the property of a sannyasi. But such a top attachment is not as strong as family attachment. Right. So, in one sense, the, the ideal Krishna conscious marriage is not just between two, it, Krishna is connected there also. It's almost like a, like that. And, uh, and ideally, the husband is seeing the wife as a Vaishnavi, and the a wife is seeing the husband as a Vaishnava. And then when they're helping each other in life, they're actually serving a devotee. They're not just, so it's a spiritual relationship. Some thoughts on that? Yes, uh, there's a microphone right to your right. Orange. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Um, the identification with matter, it, it seems so natural for souls in this material creation that takes, it takes everything as matter and particularly with the modern society and the modern education, everything is focused on making that identification with matter even more powerful. Even the process of inquiry Right. It itself is just within the realm of this matter and everything to do with matter. And even when, even a very small conception of a spiritual nature is brought in, it is very difficult for people to even just grasp that or follow that. And they say, oh no, this is totally irrelevant. This is not natural. Right. But being spiritual is natural to the soul. Right. <laughs> So we're, we're right now, we're there, unnat yeah. <laughs> On one hand, we're all unnatural right now, because our natural situation, Jivara Swarupahaya, Krishnara Nityadas, is to be Krishna's servant. But because we're so conditioned, spiritual life looks unnatural. <laughs> um, so it's an interesting paradox. But just like you, uh, do you get... Well, you're probably not like that, but you're wearing a famous name brand jacket. Is it, isn't it a little, maybe not for you, but for some people at least, it's a little special to have that than not have the thing, the North Face, mm -hmm. even if it's the exact same thing. Right, you just feel a little, you know, right? If you, uh, yes, if, if, uh, if you have a uh, Louis Vuitton bag, you just feel a little on top of your game. <laughs> Right, or uh, in India, uh, every businessman has a Mount Blanc pen, and they make sure everyone can see it. <laughs> it's right there, right? And a Rolex watch, even if they bought it in China for $20. You know? <laughs> and it's only accurate twice a day. I mean, it's not working, right? So it's only accurate twice a day. <laughs> but it looks good. <laughs> it looks good. Anyway, I could tell you a story. Well, it's very, I'll tell, I won't tell the whole story. But my wife and I were once walking down um, the streets of uh, Shanghai, and uh, this man comes up to us and just kind of puts three Ro fake Rolex watches in our hand. And then from behind, he looks behind and he sees a police coming. And so he, he just runs. And so I'm left with these three 
Rolex watches in my hand. So my wife and I spent about 10 minutes trying to find the person to give them back, but we couldn't find them, so I just I ended up with three fake Rolexes. But they look, you know, from a distance. So anyway, you know, but it's the bottle. It's, it's, so it's the extension of the body. It's not even that you have a muscles or a six-pack or, or whatever, right? Um, it's even the extension that it, we identify with it. We identify with it. Um, devotees should dress nicely. Prabhupada once said about speakers, uh, first dress, then address. Right? So we should look you know, nice as representing Krishna, but it doesn't mean you know, we have to have everything. I don't know if they make designer dhotis. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Right. Imagine, you know, uh, uh, Cortez with a little uh, eyes, the alligator, you know, <laughs> Lacoste, stuff, something like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure if they couldn't, anyway. So you get the idea. So we identify so much. And don't we identify with our children? Right? If a child gets really good grades, it, it kind of reflects upon us. If they don't get very good grades, it reflects upon us. Right? So all of these things are part of the hridaya granti. They're not in the heart. But, and the only real way to loosen it is, you know, we, feel, we, we sometimes forget about all those things when we're chanting in kirtan, when we're studying the philosophy, when we're, you know, associating with devotees, when we're sharing Krishna consciousness with others, for at least for that time, when we're doing surup siddhi bhakti, it's called, you know, bhakti that's directly connected with Krishna, hearing and chanting. And we feel that upliftment, don't we? Especially if we're doing it in the right mood. If we're in a, if we're in a mood of, as Srila Bhakti Tirtamaraj would say, in the mood of a beggar, that mood of, you know, Krishna, I need your help. And we feel the modes, at least temporarily, we feel uplifted. Hmm? So that's a um, famous verse in the fifth uh, canto. And Prabhupada is referring to it here. Anything else on the heart, not in the heart? Yes. Well, <clears throat> it's not important, but just because he mentioned like these tendencies that we have to, to identify, but it, it's not only micro, it's also macro. I mean, the whole society is really kind of pushing you. Like they actually had schools, like I didn't go, but I heard Catholic schools. You could be sitting and you're looking out the window and they would actually come and take a ruler and hit you on the hand and say, you were daydreaming. You might have been having close to a spiritual moment, but they, they yeah, uh, society really works against that. So it's, I mean, we always try to focus on the positive here, but actually there's a big negative force that you also have to overcome. Absolutely. Uh, the whole society is against it, really. I mean, Absolutely. Everyone's thinking in terms of I and mine, you know. You know, I went to the University of Michigan, so we had to say, you know, oh, how I hate Ohio State, right? Because <laughs> just... That, that thing, right? Or even the whole thing, you know, make America great again, right? Um, that means we don't, you know, that's not so Krishna conscious because we'd like to say make the world, make the universe great again. You know, not just, of course we could Krishnaize that by saying make our temples really nice in America or something like that. But the, but the, the tendency is to say, okay, we don't care about anyone else. Right? So, so it's, it increases the I and mine. Uh, and then I'm, I'm not just focusing on any political party because they're all in the bodily concept of life. You know, it's, um, so it, you're right, there's a very strong power uh, of the illusory energy. Daivi hi esha gunamai mamamaya Krishna says in the 
seventh verse of the 15th chapter, that to overcome the material illusion, overcome maya is duratya, very difficult. But then the last half of the verse says, but it's actually really easy if you take shelter of Krishna. Well, it's it's a, how, it depends easy. on how we define easy. Yeah, I don't think it's. If you define, define easy as is later on in this chapter, where it talks about how the yogi has to take so many more births to become perfect in yoga, then compared to other practices, it's easy. But considering where we're at, it's not so easy. <laughs> so easy is a relative term. Okay, let's move on. Verse 5. Maitreya, Sri Maitreya said, so remember, who's Maitreya talk, telling this whole thing to? Yeah. Devahuti was fully faithful and respectful towards the direction of her husband, Kardama, who was one of the Prajapatis, or generators of human beings in the universe. Oh, great sage, she thus began to worship the master of the universe, the supreme personality of Godhead, who is situated in everyone's heart. After many, many years, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Madhusudana, the killer of the demon Madhu, having entered the semen of Kardama, appeared in Devahuti, just as fire comes from wood in a sacrifice. At the time of his descent on earth, demigods in the form of raining clouds sounded musical instruments in the sky. The celestial musicians, the Gandharvas, sang the glories of the Lord, while celestial dancing girls known as Apsaras danced in joyful ecstasy. Okay. At the time of the Lord's appearance, the demigods flying freely in the sky showered flowers. All the directions, all the waters, and everyone's minds, everyone's mind became very satisfied. Brahma, the firstborn living being, went along with Marichi and other sages to the place of Kardama's hermitage, which was surrounded by the river Saraswati. Maitreya continued, O killer of the enemy, the unborn Lord Brahma, who is almost independent in acquiring knowledge, could understand that a portion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his quality of pure existence had appeared in the womb of Devahuti just to explain the complete state of knowledge known as Sankhya philosophy. After worshiping the Supreme Lord with gladdened senses and a pure heart for his intended activities as an incarnation, Brahma spoke as follows to Kardama and Devahuti. And the purport of this one sentence, there is a verse spoken by a Brahmana. Listen to this, it's very sweet. In which he says that he does not know what the Vedas and what the Puranas are. But while others might be interested in the Vedas and Pranas, he's interested in Nanda Maharaj, who appeared as a father of Krishna. So this is one of those very advanced prayers, because obviously we care about the Vedas and the Pranas, you know, on a certain level, right? But he's just saying, I care about Vrindavan. I care about the loving relationship that Krishna has with his most exalted devotees. So all this other philosophy, whatever. You know, so it's a, it's a devotional sentiment. It's not literally... Because even on one level, the Bhagavatam is a Purana. The, uh, what's it called? Spotless Purana. Amala Purana. Yeah, Amala Purana. So, um, 
but but the point but so when you read things like this don't get uh don't don't read the wrong thing but we're meant to read when we hear things this is an ecstasy of a very advanced devotion you know it kind of reminded me that it's a little different but Srila Prabhupada once said I'm only interested in what is in Krishna's lunchbox <laughs> Text 12, and we'll discuss a little bit about this text. Lord Brahma said, My dear son, Kardama, since you have completely accepted my instructions without duplicity, showing them proper respect, you have worshipped me properly. Whatever instructions you took from me, you have to carry out, and thereby you have, I'm sorry, whatever instructions you took from me, you have carried out, and thereby you have honored me. And then the third sentence, Brahma praises Kardama because he carried out the orders of the spiritual master in toto and without cheating. A conditioned soul in the material world has a disqualification of cheating. He has four disqualifications. He is sure to commit mistakes. Anyone make mistakes? Okay. Uh, he is sure to be illusioned. He is prone to cheat others and his senses are imperfect. But if one carries out the order of the spiritual master by disciplic succession or the parampara system, he overcomes the four defects. And the last sentence, to honor the spiritual master means to carry out his instructions word for word. So um, this cheating propensity, uh, we may have come into contact with this the first time when we read the Ishopanishad. It's mentioned in the introduction or the, first, or the invocation of the first verse, I can't remember. So there's Sanskrit to this. Uh, Brahma, B-H, uh, Brahma, refers to making mistakes, um, such as uh, accepting a rope as a snake or an oyster shell as gold. And we make so many mistakes with our eyes, right? There's so many optical illusions that you can, you know, that they show, right? Uh, or you say, oh, I didn't know from a distance it looked like fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Then there is pramada, which refers to inattention or misunderstanding of reality. Then there is vipralipsa, which is a cheating propensity. And then there is karna pattava, uh, that's imperfect material senses. Um, I'm just, I, I did a little research as Prabhupada once wrote, Sankaracharya has carried this cheating propensity to the extreme to mislead the monists. <laughs> and then another one, the third imperfection is that conditioned souls have a tendency to cheat. We have often heard a storekeeper say, because you are my friend, I won't make any profit off of you. <laughs> For you I make no profit. Shield Prabhupada even said that one time. He, um, businessmen often keep mustaches so you, they don't, you can't see their smile when they're saying, for you I make no profit. <laughs> right? And we all know, we, you know, it's almost like uh, they, there's even cliches in the world, right? Like, you know, you probably wouldn't want your daughter dating uh, a used car salesman. <laughs> right? right? Isn't that, isn't it, that's like a famous... Uh, and even, you know, when you go in to buy a new car, unless it's a, you know, uh, 
I went with Henry. He had a, we had a good experience. But even he, Henry knew, well, he, he could come down further than, you know, you, you know that there's some dance going on in the negotiation. And, uh, you know, do we ever cheat when we, the light is turned yellow? We could stop, but we go on. Or, you know, we, um, we made, uh, you know, $800 doing such and such, but there was no sec social security number attached to it. So, may not mention that to the uh, IRS, right? Or whatever. We have a tendency to cheat. Um, or we even just try to impress people, you know, uh, like that, you know. Um, or the person who's uh, going to meet uh, his um, fiance's um, parents for the first time, so he has a uh, a beat-up uh, Ford Focus, but he, you know, he rents uh, Mercedes for the day. <laughs> you know? So in so many different ways, you can think of a thousand different ways we may have uh, a cheating propensity. My son was telling me he, um, he took the SATs in New Delhi, because uh, we were living in India at the time, so he took the SATs in New Delhi. And uh, the, he, he was amazed um, that the kids were trying to cheat like anything. But, what, but he found out later, he didn't, he just did, did the test, but he found out later that they gave different exams to every other row. <laughs> so if you go like, what's the answer to number 15? They say it's D. Hey. It, it might have been D for this person, but it wasn't D for the next. And they got some really, really low scores, like low 400s, which is really bad for SATs, you know, like three 400s, like, like that, yeah. So, uh, so we have, you know, cheating propensities in so many different ways, right? Hey, Danny, and, you know, people put, you know, algebra formulas on their hand, you know, whatever. <laughs> so many different ways we cheat. Or we tell little white lies. Of course, sometimes white lies, you know, are just... Just like if somebody invites you over for dinner, right? And the, uh, the, the subji is totally burnt, right? And they say, Ma Mantra, what do you think of the subji? Very nice. Bautacha. <laughs> First class. What are you going to say? It's terrible. It's burnt like anything, you know? So we do have that idea also um, that to speak the truth when it's palatable. But we do have this cheating propensity, let's face it. Um, and we have to be careful about that, or at least recognize it. And I like the way Prabhupada says propensity. It doesn't mean we do it every time, it doesn't mean everyone's a cheater, but we have uh, that inclination. Yeah. I told you that story already, right, about the, uh, the person who gave the uh, scooter away as a dowry, right? But then only, to, but he only paid, made the first month's payment on it. <laughs> so, like that. So, yeah. So, you know, in so many different ways. And it's become harder to trust people. I mean, just look at the news today, right? So many people in trusting uh, uh, occupations, in charge of entertainment, uh, on television, politicians. Um, um, sports, um, doctors, and things like that, all being found out to be having the worst kind of cheating propensity. That was very cool. That's your phone? Yeah. Oh. He's trying to impress everyone with his. You brought it. No problem. Um, so um, we, 
should recognize the cheating propensity in ourselves and try to overcome it. And also generally give people, especially spiritual people, the benefit of the doubt, but at the same time not be overly naive. As one of the ex-presidents of the United States once said, trust but verify. Right? So we have to be a little wise in this world, just like Srila Prabhupada was very upset because he had his Western devotees in charge of uh, doing some construction in India. And they didn't speak Hindi and they didn't know what, they, they, were, they were young in their 20s. And Prabhupada was said, you know, you're getting cheated left and right. You know, they were adding Jamuna sand into the cement bags um, in Vrindavan. And obviously that's not very good for construction, right? So, so, you know, one has to be on their toes a little bit when one deals with this world. Because it is, it is, everyone has this uh, cheating propensity. So here, um, Kardama is being glorified by Lord Brahma for not having that propensity. So we may have it, so we should curb it. You know, like that. We should, have, as much as possible, our, at one place Prabhupada writes that our, our occupation should be honest, make an honest living. Like that. Any thoughts on cheating? Yes, Mahaji? Hare Krishna. So Prabhu, as um, we read little earlier, somewhere there was a mention that one can um, overcome these uh, defects by taking to devotional service. Yes. So I was trying to relate how uh, uh, all these defects being present in current times and the recommendation is to take to devotional service because it helps to overcome these and Kardamuni didn't have, because he was pure, he was... Uh, in pure devotional service, right. it was perfectly situated. Is that the reason? Yes, overcome or redirect. Valva tells this story about the person who was very much, he was a really first class thief. What do they say in Hindi? Pakachor. Right? Really a good thief. Um, so, but he became a devotee. So he was on the, on the cruise, uh, on the ship, um, and normally he would go on the ship and steal from all the people on the ship, right? Uh, they're kind of you know, sitting ducks. So what he did this instead was he stole everything and just put it in other people, uh, in different places. He like stole from this person and put it in their cabin and stole from this person <laughs> in their cabin. <laughs> it's kind of like a friend of mine whose son is a, uh, a Boy Scout. And so the Boy Scouts went fishing. So uh, he had to go fishing. So what he did was he went fishing, but he didn't have the hook. He just had the food. So he <laughs> just eating the fish, and it was prashadam. So he just prashadam <laughs> like that, but there was no hook. <laughs> so we sometimes will dovetail our uh, propensities, uh, purify them in Krishna's service. Yeah, he didn't uh, catch a lot, but he felt really good afterwards. Right? Yeah, just. Prashad and distribution all day long. <laughs> okay, anything else on cheating propensity? Okay. I always say that because I only I know very little Hindi, and so like you know when I'm in, when I'm in uh, in Vrindavan and I go to the rickshawala, and I say you know Kitna Rupia to uh, Loy Bazaar, and he goes Exo Rupia. I say oh. 
Prabhu, Pakachor. And he just like, yeah, everything I found out in, in Vrindavan, you can chastise anyone as long as you're smiling when you do it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Then we try to get it down to a reasonable price. <laughs> Sons ought to render service to the, their father exactly to this extent. One should obey the command of his father or spiritual master with due deference, saying, Yes, sir. Right? So basically, it's saying when your father says jump, you say, How high? Of course, the father and the spiritual master have to be qualified in order to do that. Um, and then just one sentence I liked. As a man cannot separate his life from his body, a disciple cannot separate the order of the spiritual master from his life. So if we actually have a bona fide spiritual master, not a cheating spiritual master, a bona fide spiritual master, and there's this loving relationship. So similarly, if the father and the son have a very loving relationship, and it becomes very powerful. I was, I was listening to one devotee make a very interesting explanation the other day that all of the, the various rasas after time end up in sakyaras. So he was saying that uh, just like spiritual master and disciple, as the disciple gets older and older in years and more advanced, it becomes more like a friendship. Even in the uh, Shastra it talks about it, the spiritual master is one's best friend. Uh, husband and wife, as they get on in years, right? Um, it's not so much a conjugal relationship. They're older, their kids are growing up. It becomes almost like a friendship, right? And uh, yes, so servant and master, parent. Yeah, I covered all three, yeah. So it's interesting how powerful Sakiras is, uh, friendship. Any comments on that? Yes, Shiva Tattva Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, again, one of the other relationship is, in old times, the kings, they would become very close to the charioteers, like Sanjay. They would come, Drasht. kings would be to the charioteer, yes. Yes, so yeah. the chauffeur and the, you know, yeah, the, the master, and the, they have a yeah. very good relationship after some time. Because right. they're conversing during their travel. That's right. The Most driver expensive. in modern times, in India especially, so many people have drivers. Right. Yeah. But then again, you never know. Sometimes they stab you in the back. There's always yes. there's stories of, uh, of people who worked for 20 years right, as servants, and then one day all the gold's missing, and so is the servant. <laughs> so again, this cheating propensity is, that is there, but you know, even you know, your servant at home, after a long, like, as they start from a childhood and they become really old, you know, they become like a family member. Yes. You know, they, they take that position in your mm -hmm. heart. Yes, you that's know, true. No, I, 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 and I, I definitely agree with that. I, was li I lived in India for 20 years, and we had, um, and I just met her the other day. We have a cook and an assistant and people who would do our laundry and clean the house, uh, and they're like family members. You know, uh, we went to the weddings, we went to the funerals, helped them out if somebody was in the hospital. Uh, and, and still somebody I have who I still, you know, actually give a little stipend to every month, just kind of taking care of the house that I have there and, and things like that. But he's very trusted, yes, yeah. Prabhupada once said that you keep things locked up to keep the honest people honest. <laughs> Yeah, because, because people who are really th 
thieves, they'll figure out a way around things, but you lock things up to keep honest people honest. That's a wise statement, isn't it? Practical. Yes. Lord Brahma then praised Kardamamuni's nine daughters, saying, all your thin-waisted daughters are certainly very chaste. I am sure they will... Excuse me? I have this one mess up in my screen. I can't see. Oh, increase the, this creation by their own descendants in various ways. Therefore, today, please give away your daughters to the foremost of the sages with due regards to the girls' temperaments and likings, and thereby spread your fame all over the universe. So here, uh, it's, it, well, first, you know, again, we've talked about this before, but it talks about, you know, a, arranging marriages. And uh, I don't know what, I haven't seen any statistics, but the basic idea is that, um, it, anyway, here, I'll just read it. Here, two words are used very significantly. Yata shilam and yata ruchi. The daughters should be handed over to their respective rishis, not blindly, but according to the combination of character and taste. That is the art of combining a man and woman. Men and women should not be united simply in consideration of sex life. There are many other considerations, especially character and taste. You know, the, the, um, uh, and this is, uh, you can say, here it's talking about marriage, but we can even talk about friendships. Right? Or people that you associate with. There's a word, uh, sajatiya. Sajatiya snigha. Snigha means kind of affection, and sajatiya means, well, literally, swa means with, and jati means like same. But, it, but the, it means, translated in English, it basically means like minded. Right? So we tend to uh, associate with like minded people. Right? Um, and. Uh, here, Prabhupada is talking specifically about marriage, but uh, because that's what's being discussed in the in the verse. But character and taste, right? So, um, you you know, even though as they say, what is it? Opposites attract, <laughs> but you know, there's a, some limits to that. <laughs> someone should have a. It's it's generally easier if someone has somewhat similar socioeconomic background sometimes that's a consideration uh, and taste doesn't mean whether they like low-key or you know uh, you know um, cauliflower or whatever but um, yeah similar <laughs> you know, uh, if one person is you know likes very humble existence and the other person likes to have like 50,000 Christmas lights <laughs> That could be a conflict, right? Just an example that comes to my mind, because you know, driving around, you sometimes see you now the Christmas lights. Um, but it's it's a it is a consideration, and it's not necessarily that you know, because obviously the especially in the West, but now also in India, uh, the idea of love marriages in in America is just like a given, right? And in India, um, it's become more and more. I mean, when I moved there in the eighties, I would say. It was still much higher percentage of arranged marriages than love marriages, and now it's become more. Uh, I don't know what the statistics are exactly, um, but the idea is that you you uh, you grow in love, 
you know, you meet someone, you, when it's arranged, you, you meet, the, the parents arrange it, and then as the years go on, you, you uh, develop uh, more and more affection from one another. Um, and it becomes, love becomes more of a verb. But sometimes in, uh, when it's just based on attraction or, yeah, you know, I just saw her, you know, cross the hall or whatever, whatever, you know, it becomes almost more like a noun. Something that happens to you, but not that you have any part in, in developing or creating. Um, and it's maybe more based on the attraction for the, the, the senses. So, um, how many of you had arranged marriages? Oh, me also. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, everyone who had their hands up, anyway, I won't ask a question. I think everyone who had their hands up is still married. Which is a good sign. <laughs> but it may be harder to convince your kids to do the same thing. Just be aware of that because of the surrounding culture and things like that. Um, it is foretold in the 12th canto, this is the last paragraph of the Bhagavatam, that in this age of Kali, married life will be accepted on consideration of sex only. When the boy and girl are pleased in sex, they get married, and when there is deficiency, they get separate. They separate. That is not actual marriage, but is a combination of men and women like cats and dogs. Therefore, the children produced in the modern age are not exactly human beings. <laughs> well, so what that means is, I mean, we, we laugh at it, and it's, it's obviously very strong words, but let's, let's look at it a little more deeply than just, you know, a heavy saying, right? If, 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 because if you think of any animal, right, their focus is only on four things, right? Eating, sleeping, mating, defending, right? Even that beautiful dog that you have is licking when you come home and so happy and jumping all over you. They want food. <laughs> they want to be taken care of. And they wouldn't do it if you treated them badly, you know. Um, although they are loyal, Prabhupada said the good, one good quality about a dog is loyalty. Yeah. So, um, so if we're only focused on eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, then we are dvipadapashu, we're two-legged animals. So that's what he means here. Uh, human beings must be twice born. A child is first born of a good father and mother, and then he is born again of the spiritual master in the Vedas. Vedas are in the, like the mother, spiritual master like the father. Uh, the first mother and father bring about the, his birth in the, to the world, then the spiritual master and the Vedas become his second father and mother. According to the Vedic system of marriage for producing children, every man and woman was enlightened in spiritual knowledge, and at the time of their combination to produce a child, everything was scrutinizingly and scientifically done. So again, it's a whole other way of doing things, but the idea is that uh, the, uh, the mother and father um, very much are praying to the Lord to uh, bring a good soul into this world. Like that, it's uh, not just capricious as a word. Any thoughts on this? Yes, my mantra. It's just a comment, Prabhu. Like, okay. I heard over the weekend one devotee was sharing like and nowadays how many people are thinking that what are the qualities I need to develop to attract a right partner. Not a partner, but right partner. Mm, that's a nice way to put it. That's a nice way to put it. Because usually we're, it's all about the qualities of the other person. 
and we're not thinking about, you know, like if you point, what is it? You point your finger at somebody else, you have three pointing at you, right? So, um, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. What qualities do I need to cultivate so that I attract the right partner? Very good. Other thoughts on this wonderful topic of marriage? Okay, we'll be that way. O Kardama, I know that the original Supreme Personality of Godhead has now appeared as an incarnation by his internal energy. He is the bestower of, des uh, of, desire, of all desired... I have this one black mark on my screen, right? <laughs> so sometimes I can't see some of the words. All desired by the living entities, and he has now assumed the body of Kapila Muni. By mystic yoga and the practical application of knowledge from the scriptures, Kapila Muni, who is characterized by his golden hair, his eyes just like lotus petals, and his lotus feet, which bear the marks of lotus flowers, will uproot the deep-rooted desire for work in this material world. So that doesn't mean, you know, we all have to work. It, it's, it's the fruit of work that we're talking about here, the work that is just for me and nothing greater than that. So in the purport, the second paragraph, um, Srila Prabhupada writes, those who are trying to get out of the entanglement by speculation, that means by just impersonally, the idea of understanding the difference between the body and the soul, um, they are doing their, I really like this point, he says, they are doing their best. But in the Vedic scriptures we find that if one has taken to devotional service of the Lord in Krishna consciousness, he can, there's that word, easily uproot the deep-rooted desires for fruitive activities. So the whole point being that um, we have to change our desires, what we want, what we want. Or, or, and, and even equally deep or as deep, that means adjusting our identity of who we actually think we are. Because our desires are very much based on that, right? And so the example I gave the other day, it's such a simple example, is um, has anyone ever, you know, uh, been, a, let's say you have uh, dandelions in your, on your lawn? And you do, yes. And although you may think they're beautiful, your neighbors probably don't. So you want to get rid of them. But if you're lazy, what do you do? You, well, if you're lazy, you mow the lawn, right? And so you get rid of the, those yellow things, but they come back shortly, right? Because you haven't gotten, but if you get them out of the root, they don't come back, right? At least that one doesn't come back, right? So the, but we tend to mow the lawn, you know, and just say, oh, it looks good, right? So um, similarly, we were studying this yesterday, the verse 59 of the second chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, where Krishna says that one may, one may be a good person, right? Restrict the senses from the sense objects and not do crazy things like we're reading about all these people in the news these days from Mr. Weinstein on down, right? But the desire to do that hasn't been uprooted. They're just, they're just afraid they're going to be on the, the next person on the front page of the Washington Post or something like that. But when one finds something more enjoyable, then the less enjoyable thing can be easily given up, right? So really, uh, that's why we say, you know, Krishna consciousness 
God consciousness can be the, um, the ultimate game changer because it changes what, what we desire. And Krishna fulfills our desires. So if we desire him, he gives us him. Uh, so this is called param dristva in Sanskrit, the higher taste, right? So just like um, I have a, a pretty beat up 2005 Toyota Prius. It's just, it's, it has 200,000 miles on it and uh, I parked it at the park one time and somebody just bashed the side of it and didn't leave a note or anything. And so, you know, and it's 2000, I didn't fix it. Anyway, it, um, but it, it runs, it gets me from point A to point B, but it's pretty bashed up, right? So, but still I take care of it, I change the oil and I care for it because it's transportation, right? Um, and I like it because it gets good gas mileage still. But if someone handed me the keys to a brand new 2017 Toyota Prius, then that other Prius would probably become a distant memory. <laughs> it would end up very quickly you know, on Craigslist for $500, you know, just, uh, you know, for parts or, you know, and I never would have looked back and I didn't care and just make sure I get everything out of the glove compartment and jello, right? Because it's, you know, because I have so similarly, um, uh, we, but, you know, we may really care for our material desires and, and all these things, but if we, if we actually enjoy uh, if we actually convince ourselves that real pleasure is in Krishna consciousness and experience that, then everything else becomes pale. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, um, I think maybe I've told this story also, but uh, when I first moved to India, I still don't know much Hindi, but then I really didn't know Hindi. And I would go on, we usually travel second class on the trains, so that's where you know everyone takes out their chapatis and stuff and they eat during the night and everyone's talking in Hindi. Uh, and it, for me, it's all, you know, it's all white noise. I don't understand anything, anything whatsoever. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So actually, it was really good for me because I could be studying the Bhagavatam or chanting because I couldn't understand the gossip and all the things that they're talking about. So um, when we're experiencing, not just theoretically, but experiencing Krishna consciousness, then sense enjoyment is like that Hindi. It just doesn't make any sense. It's like, why would you want to do that? Why would I, why would I want to do that? But if we're not experiencing Krishna consciousness, then that same thing may look very interesting to us, even though we're the same person. But we're in good consciousness, having the paramdhistva, the higher taste. It's like, why would anyone want to do that? And when we don't have the higher taste, oh, very interesting. See? So... Um, so therefore, getting a higher taste for uh, an aspiring devotee is, uh, is essential, is urgent. It's urgent because you can't hold back the tide too long just on your own, you know, oh no, I won't do that. No. Right? It's hard because we're very much pleasure-seeking by nature, rasovai saha. We're, we're, we want rasa, we want relationship, we want love, we want... Yeah, and if we're not getting it in Krishna consciousness, then we'll, we'll find it somewhere else. And then we'll be in a bit of hot soup. Hopefully it's vegetarian soup. Any uh, thoughts on this? What are your thoughts? Okay, well, I'll take that that you agree. 
Um, then here's a strong statement at the end of that paragraph. Uh, in the modern age, there is a tendency to do research by mental speculation and concoction. But the man who speculates forgets that he himself is subject to the four defects of nature, committing mistakes, imperfect senses, he is sure to fall into illusion and he is cheating. Unless one has perfect knowledge from disciplic succession, he simply puts forth some theories of his own creation. Therefore, he is cheating people. So, so you know, you could make a sweeping statement about, you know, research in general could fall into this. It's very easy to adjust this, though, you know, because we know that some research helps. Just, like, you know, given the example that I had uh, minimally invasive open heart surgery. So, 40 years before, when my father had the same heart surgery, he had to, you know, cut open everything and did a much, had a much less precise. So through research and things, they, they, things improved, right? So the, the, the trick is just to be honest, <laughs> right? To just say that, you know, the, this research leads us to assume that such and such may be true, or we think it's possible. At least that's better than just saying, yes, definitely. And teach, put it in all the textbooks and teach it in all the schools. And only the top, top scientists, you know, the, the handful of them know that, well, what they're teaching is like 20 years old, you know, <laughs> right, or whatever. Um, and it's of a different nature than descending knowledge, if it's from the right source. Shall we move on? Text 18, Lord Brahma then told Devahuti, my dear daughter of Manu, the same Supreme Personality of Godhead who killed the demon Koitava is now within your womb. He will cut off all the knots of your ignorance and doubt, then he will travel all over the world. The prophet writes here, the word avidya is very significant. Avidya means forgetfulness of one's identity. Every one of us is a spirit soul but we have forgotten. We think, I am this body. This is all, this is called avidya. Shangshaya granti means doubtfulness. The knot of doubtfulness is tied when the soul identifies with the material world. That knot is also called ahankar, the junction of matter and spirit. Um, and then a little later, the word, actually, I just wanted to correct one thing I said before. Um, what I said is accurate to some extent, but also Srila Prabhupada would sometimes say that if somebody begins a sentence with, I think, they shouldn't end the sentence. <laughs> His point being that, uh, coming, that descending knowledge uh, coming from the absolute source is the best way, is, is the way to attain knowledge, right? So, that's so I, I did want to make sure that I'm representing him properly sitting here, and he would sometimes say that just, you know, uh, saying I think uh, is not enough. Okay, but anyway, now back to this. Um, and then a little in the second paragraph, the word sangshaya means doubtful knowledge. Speculative and pseudo-yogic knowledge is all doubtful. At the present moment, the so-called yoga system is prosecuted under the under, on the understanding that by agitation of the different stations of the bodily construction, 
one can find that he is God. The mental speculators think similarly, but they are all doubtful. Real knowledge is expounded in the Gita, just become Krishna conscious, just worship Krishna, become a devotee of Krishna. That is real knowledge, and anyone who follows that system becomes perfect without a doubt. So Prabhupada is here just showing that there's uh, challenges with other systems, but just bhakti devotion is a way to ultimately know the Lord. Of course, it's not that every yoga practitioner uh, ends in uh, thinking that they're God. Right? And even I think a proper understanding of Patanjali would not lead to that. I'd have to ask our uh, Patanjali expert, who's not here right now, Hari Kirtan Prabhu, wrote a whole book on it. But this idea of um, doubts and, uh, well, about the real identity. And when we don't understand our identity, we're in ignorance and we also become fearful. And there's a very famous verse in the 11th canto about that that says, fear arises when a living entity misidentifies himself as the material body because of absorption in the external illusory energy of the Lord. When the living entity thus turns away from the Supreme Lord, he also forgets his own constitu constitutional position as a servant of the Lord. This bewildering, fearful condition is affected by the potency of illusion called Maya. So, um, it's amazing how much in the Vedic literature they make this connection about being God conscious and overcoming fear. Right? And how on a certain level, fear of eating, sleeping, mating, and fearing, that fear in one sense is the strongest. You know, if we heard a loud noise right now, we'd all jump. It, it, fear is just anywhere around the corner. And uh, we, were t I had a, we were doing, uh, having a class yesterday, and, oh, uh, Amy was talking about, she used to work at uh, Brown University. And when she was there, she, she was just somehow talking to some group of uh, coworkers um, about the nature of this world and you know how death could be at any time. And they were all like, don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, can be a, it can be a difficult uh, topic because it's true. And it's, but because we identify with the body, and because it's natural to not want to die because the soul never dies, right? So it, so it becomes, but because we identify with the body instead of the soul. So one of the greatest things about being a devotee is the accumulative effect it has to the extent that when we're uh, getting ready to leave this world, we're fearless. And I've seen that. I was in Vrindavan recently with uh, His Holiness Gunagrahi Maharaj, and he has stage four cancer. Um, stomach cancer, isn't it, Henry? I think it's stomach cancer. Um, and, you know, he was just, uh, because uh, the person who's helping take care of him is living in my house in Vrindavan. And so he was just so matter-of-factly saying, well, I don't know how long they're going to need to, your place. It depends on how long this body lasts. You know, just really, like, very matter-of-factly, you know, just saying, well, you know, it could be two months, could be six months, I'm not sure. But, you know, um, 
Uh, well, you, I don't charge any rent, but, I, but it, we'll pay the electric bill. And, you know, <laughs> and he was just you know, planning out his, uh, as we say sometimes, his disappearance. Um, so fear is uh, based on a misidentification. Fear arises when a living entity misidentifies. So to fully identify as spiritual and not as physical is a, is a deep spiritual realization. Very deep. And it's not easy because we all spend so much of our day just dealing with this world. So many ways. Any thoughts on this verse at this point? Yes. Also, like, the attachment to the temporary things leads to anxiety and fear. Indeed. So, yes. Because we know that things are temporary, but we are still attached to it, and we know that it is going to be taken away from us at right. some point in time, and we are fearful or anxious not to lose. And it also boils down to even the relationships, because people are living in a material body which is temporary, and at one point of time, either they have to die or I have to die, and that causes anxiety and fear that, I, oh, I am going to lose them. Yes, yeah. Uh, I drove my little banged-up Prius to Potomac Village the other day, and the woman pulled right next to me in a Porsche. <laughs> and I was looking at her. I was looking at my car, looking at the Porsche. And I concluded that I'd rather have the banged-up Prius. Because I'd be so, and there's so much anxiety. Is somebody going to hit my car? Uh, what about the, the, I can imagine how much her insurance compares to my insurance. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And what's speak of the gas mileage on a Prius compared to a Porsche? Uh, you know, so I decided, yeah, I think I'd rather, I definitely would rather, you know, have the, uh, have the Prius and the Porsche. You know, I'm probably the only person within 20 miles of here who had that, <laughs> who would make that choice. But. But I could still be attached to that Prius. Because uh, Prabhupada writes, a pau pauper can be attached to his penny. Right? He can be uh, uh, attached to, uh, to anything. Yeah. But it, 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 and these are all things that tighten the knot in the heart. And then we have to take more births because we want that. We're still anchored in this material world. That's, the other, that's the other, another story that Srila Prabhupada's spiritual master used to teach, right, about the marriage party that uh, was supposed to be going down the river. Uh, and they, they woke up the next day and the boat hadn't moved. Then they realized they didn't pull up the anchor. So similarly, uh, the, if we want to move in our spiritual life, we have to pull up, loosen that tight knot in the heart. But that, um, really, the way to loosen it is just fall in love with Radha Madamohan. It becomes easy. Okay, anything else on this verse? Oh, yes, Prabhu and then Mataji. Hare Krishna. You're second. Okay. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Uh, when, you, when we talk about these knots, I feel something, it's like really hardwired, like hardwired knots. Hardware knots, like Ahankara. <laughs> like you know opposite to sex uh, and then like hunger uh, like uh, all the senses uh, we have inbuilt like uh, uh, we react to that yes um, so what i'm understanding is just loving krishna will not or should we have to practice 
anointing one at a time? No, uh, yeah, good question. So just like in a tree, we all know that it's, it's, it really would be stupid to water each leaf, right? It's not gonna help the tree much and it takes a long time. So much better to water the root, right? And then the tree flourishes. So as a general rule, we focus on uh, developing our love for Krishna and that takes care of everything, but they're not equal, they're not mutually exclusive. Right? Just like there's that verse, Yasyasti Bhaktir Bhagavati Akinchana Savargunas Tatra Samasatesura. Harera Bhaktasya Kutomahagunan Manoratenasatodhavatobahi. That one who is a devotee, so that this verse this verse is saying just worship Krishna and he'll take care of the rest, right? Because it says that one who becomes a devotee, uh, all the good qualities of the demigods appear automatically. Yet at the same time, in the Gita and in so many, and in the Bhagavatam and in Prabhupada's teachings, et cetera, et cetera, we hear about cultivating humility, cultivating a service attitude, um, serving the devotees, um, be, you know, uh, being clean, right? All of these things. So we also um, develop the qualities that are anukul, that are favorable to our devotional practices. So anukulyasya sankalpa pratikulyasya varjanam. To accept things that are favorable, to reject things that are unfavorable. So for example, cleanliness in and of itself won't take us back to Godhead, although there is that saying cleanliness is next to godliness, right? But still, it's good to be clean as a devotee, right? I think we mentioned that last week. We shouldn't, if somebody wants, if you know, some senior devotee wants to ride with us in a car, we wouldn't have to say, oh, wait, Maharaj, just give me 10 minutes. And then we run around cleaning up the whole mess and, you know, and, you know, the, scraping off the uh, ice cream that your, your kids, you know, dripped on the, you know, whatever, <laughs> right? No, it should be so clean. We say, oh, yes, Maharaj, let's, please, let's go, because the car is already clean. And the same thing, you know, uh, in, the, in, in, in early days when Mukunda Maharaj used to live here in this temple, he used to go to a different people's homes every night. Now, I don't know if he ever went unannounced, but if they did and they were really good, then they had no problem. But otherwise, say, Maharaj, can you just wait outside for five minutes only? <laughs> yes, Maharaj. Yeah, okay, then, then Anantarupa. Wait, 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 wait. We need the microphone. Every time he went there, he, he checked the kitchen. Mukunda Maharaj. Yes. Ah. But uh, my house was very clean. Yeah. And he would say, oh, your kitchen's very clean. <laughs> and also. Yes. One day. <laughs> and also, we had uh, Jamuna Devi in um, uh, living at our house for a month in Vrindavan. And she would cook every day uh, upstairs. And Henry can attest to that because uh, she, she lived in Henry's house for two years, right, in his wing of his house. And uh, the, the kitchen was spotless in the beginning of cooking, in the middle of cooking, and at the end of cooking. Is that right, Henry? Yes. The whole time. It wasn't like, you know, because she, she was taught by that by Srila Prabhupada himself. So, back to this. So, yes, we, we, uh, we, can, we do both. We depend upon Krishna. And, and focus on him, and at the same time, we do those, uh, we try to attain those qualities that are unequal, that are favorable to our bhakti. So it's not or, it's and. 
what i understand is love and as well as do a fight or war inside internally yes. against material things tasmat tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mamanusmar yudicha krishna says remember me and then do your duty so our do part of our duty is to be clean to be timely you know i know one person i i used to spend a lot of time with satsrup maharaj and he was trained by prabhupad to be on time he was always early for everything and this was in india where everyone's late <laughs> right and he was all i could always i just knew i didn't have to even think for a second if maharaj is going to be on time for his class or if we were going out somewhere on time you know at the car totally pakka like that but in india we know right if somebody says you yeah come to my house at 8 o'clock that means 9:30 <laughs> right indian ist indian stretchable time right thank you prabhu is maharaj yes prabhu uh, about the fearless point yes. um i remember prabhu, from one of the prabhu's lectures i recently read he said that um suppose there is an epidemic and you need to get vaccinated yes to be fearless but if you don't take the vaccine you will suffer right so you don't take the vaccine of krishna you will suffer or yeah. you take the vaccine at the right time take it and be fearless and we have our vaccine right yes hari krishna hari krishna 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 hari 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 ram hari ram 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 hari hari okay text number 19 your son will be the head of all the perfected souls he will be approved by the acharyas expert in disseminating real knowledge and among the people he will be celebrated by the name kapila as a son of devahuti he will increase your fame Maitreya said after thus speaking to Kardama Muni and his wife Devahuti Lord Brahma the creator of the universe who is also known as Hansa went back to the highest of the three planetary systems on his carrier with the four kumaras and narada so the the brahmacharis left they said no oh, man there's going to be a wedding let's get out of here <laughs> basically that's basically what they said <laughs> not in so many words all everyone else stuck around for the marriage but uh, they didn't go to the wedding <laughs> Ovidura after the departure of Brahma Kardamamuni having been ordered by Brahma handed over his nine daughters as instructed to the nine great sages who created the population of the world Kardamamuni handed over his daughter Kala to Marichi and another daughter Anusuya to Atri he delivered Shraddha to Angira and Havir Bhu to Pulasya he delivered Vigati to Pulaha and the chase kriya to kratu kati to brigu and arundati to vashishta he delivered shanti to atarva because of shanti sacrificial ceremonies are well performed thus he got the foremost brahmanas married and he maintained them along with their wives thus married the sages took leave of kardama and departed full of joy each for his own hermitage o vidura so you're supposed to be happy after marriage that's what say oh my god what i do oops <laughs> no when kardama muni understood that the supreme personality of god the chief of all the demigods um vishnu had descended kardama approached him in a secluded place offered a obeisances and spoke as follows and prabhupada writes in the purport lord vishnu is called triyuga he appears in three yugas satya treta and dwapara 
but in Kali Yuga he does not appear. From the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj, however, we understand that he appears garbed as a devotee in Kali Yuga. Lord Chaitanya is that devotee. Krishna appeared in the form of a devotee, but although he never disclosed himself, Rupa Goswami could understand his identity, for the Lord cannot hide himself from the pure devotee. So, Lord Chaitanya is the Mahavadanyaya avatar, the most merciful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song by Lochan Das Thakur. Some of you know, it goes Paramakaruna, Pahutvijana, Nitai Gorachanda, Sabai Avatar, <coughs> Sarasiramani, Kevala Anandakanda. He just teaches Ananda, just teaches bliss. Um, I'll just read a little of Prabhupada's purport to that song. This is a song by Lochan Das Thakur. Pahu means Lord and Dvijana means two. Lochan Das Thakur declares that the two lords, Nitai Gorachandra, Lord Nitai and Lord Chaitanya, are very merciful, Paramakoruna. Shabai Avatar Sharshiramani, this must be Bengali, right? Uh, Avatar means incarnation and Sabha means all. They are the essence of all incarnations. The specific significance of this incarnation is that prosecuting their way of self-realization is simply joyful, Kevala Anandakanda, for they introduce chanting and dancing. There are many incarnations like Lord Ram and even Krishna who taught Bhagavad Gita, which requires knowledge and understanding. But Lord Chaitanya and Nityananda introduced a process that is simply joyful, simply chant and dance. Therefore, Lochandas Request everyone, bhajo bhajo bhai Chaitanya Nitai. My dear brother, I request that you just worship Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda with firm conviction and faith. Don't think that this chanting and dancing will not lead to the desired goal. It will. It is the assurance of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that one will get all perfection by this process. Therefore, one must chant with firm faith and conviction. Vishwasha Kori. Nice. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu K. Text 27. Karta Mamuni said, Oh, after a long time, the demigods of this universe have been pleased with the suffering souls who are in material entanglement because of their misdeeds. After many births, mature yogis, by complete trance in yoga, endeavor in secluded places to see the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of God. This is that point about being easy, because it takes many births for the yogis. Not considering the negligence of ordinary householders like us, that very same Supreme Personality of God appears in our homes just to support his devotees. Prabhupada writes, the Lord says, second paragraph, the Lord says, therefore, that he lives neither in Vaikuntha nor in the heart of a yogi, but he lives where his pure devotees are always chanting, glorifying him. The Supreme Personality of God is known as Bhakta Vatsala. He is never described as Gani Vatsala or Yogi Vatsala. <laughs> so that's not that Ganis and Yogis are bad people, but that Krishna is inclined to those that approach him with devotion. So, um, he says, Bhavami hi charaparta. He says, uh, well, it, um, it's, it's actually very interesting because it's in the 12th chapter of the Gita. 
And he says, the verse before that, verse 5, he says, Klei shodika He said, it's really hard to practice impersonal realization, the Gani approach. And then the next verse, he says, but when he talks about devotees, he says, Bhavami hitra parta, but I'm the swift deliverer from the ocean of death to those who are my devotees. So it's just, a, from one point of view, it's a question of what's easy. Just like, for example, I mean, that's not a very good example, but anyway, uh, what do you remember more, your 10th grade calculus or the songs that were playing on the radio when you were that age? It's a song, yes. So, uh, so yes, things that touch the heart, of course, that doesn't touch the spiritual heart, so it's just a material example. But things that touch the heart are much more memorable than things that are just cerebral. Text 30. But we should be, we should not, we should be philosophical. Otherwise, why did Srila Prabhupada write 80 some odd books? We should, but, but we even approach the philosophy with the mood of devotion. Because the books are like living, here, can I have that book? You know, this is the, because it says that after Krishna disappeared from this world, he, you know, where did religion take shelter? It took shelter in the words of the Bhagavatam. So, Bhagavatam is, uh, is an incarnation of Krishna, or sometimes say it is non different from Krishna. So you have a, you reciprocate, you, the, the Shastra reciprocates with you. It's not just a bunch of paper. Uh, so there's a, there's a relationship there. Did I read uh, 30 already? No. You, my dear Lord, who are always increasing the honor of your devotees, have descended in my home just to fulfill your word and disseminate the process of real knowledge. My dear Lord, although you have no material form, you have your own innumerable forms. They truly are your transcendental forms which are pleasing to your devotees. My dear Lord, your lotus feet are the reservoir that always deserves to receive worshipful homage from all great sages eager to understand the absolute truth. You are full in opulence, renunciation, transcendental fame, knowledge, strength, and beauty, and therefore I surrender myself unto your lotus feet. Very nice prayers, aren't they? Very beautiful, beautiful prayers. I surrender unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead, descended in the form of Kapila, who is independently powerful and transcendental, who is the Supreme Person and the Lord of the sum total of matter and the element of time, who is the fully cognizant maintainer of all the universes under the three modes of material nature and who absorbs the material manifestation after the dissolution. So this is interesting. Here's a prayer, but it's very philosophical. Right? He's covering the whole gambit of the Bhagavad Gita practically in this prayer. In the three modes of material nature, uh, you know, the, the Lord's descent, the time element, the sum total of matter, the universes. It's all there in a prayer. Quite amazing. Text 34. Today I have something to ask of you. Now he, now he's getting down to it, right? So usually, but he's not going to ask by uh, ask for you know, a new car, or a house, or this or that. He's going to ask for something that most people do not ask the Lord for. Matter of fact, how many times do you think people come to our temple here, go in front of Radha, Vadan Mohan, and ask for this? Today I have something to ask from you, who are the Lord of all living entities. 
since I have now been liberated by you from my debts to my father, and since all my desires are fulfilled, I wish to accept the order of an itinerant mendicant. Renouncing this family life, I wish to wander about free from lamentation, thinking always of you in my heart. So we'll end there. And we're almost done with this chapter. So I'll send out the homework, but basically the chapter for next week will be to read chapter 25. Okay? So have a uh, very wonderful Krishna conscious uh, week. Okay, Hare Krishna. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.